0: Welcome to the Upper Left Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Anderson, and today in the show, I'm joined by my good friend, Brennan Gassamia. Brennan is the Tier X Personal Training Manager for all Orange County, California, Equinox Health and Fitness Club locations. He's also a personal trainer at Equinox and has spent the last five years training collegiate football players and preparing them for the NFL Combine. Brennan has worked with such a wide range of people that I really wanted to get him on the show just to talk about human nature psyche living well and a holistic approach to general health and wellness brennan is honestly one of the best human beings i've ever met he is always willing to have a conversation always willing to help teach and learn himself as he continues to push through this thing we call life i think one of the things that really stands out about him is just his joy and peace and the ability to have gratitude in almost any situation. And he is someone where, that I've really learned a lot from in regard to those things on my own journey through life, especially when there have been pitfalls. Um, and, and I'm truly grateful for his friendship. This is an awesome hour of radio that really brought up some incredible points about humanity as a whole. Hope you guys enjoy this. It is not a training talk whatsoever. It is more... Uh, just a good old conversation between two good friends, and I hope you guys get something out of it. Brennan, thanks a lot, man, for coming on the show. We were just talking off the air about how uh, I, I wanted to do this podcast like a year and a half ago, and I was like, Brennan, we're i am going to start this podcast. I want to get you on, be my first guest. Blah blah blah. I think this is probably in like honestly 2017, and you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then I—I I never started it until you know 2020. Now here we are, three years later, and you—you're not the first guest. I'm sorry to say, you're the 36th. You—you you made it 30- thirty sixth. Yeah. I hope you like
1: that. that, I feel like that's more appropriate. (laughs) Because all all your guests before have been really good. Except for that Jamal guy.
0: Oh, he was terrible. He's awful. Yeah, I know. It's all good, though. it. was my lowest lowest listed-to episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, before we really dive in, uh, just tell the people a little bit, uh, just who you are, you know, kind of a little bit of your background. I know, obviously, you played some sports before. Diving into the physical preparation world, so just kind of give everyone a little background, and then we can kind of dive into the topics today.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, I I guess I'll just start off with sports. I won't go too deep into my life, like forty five minutes of a memoir. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I I grew up playing all kinds of sports. I was I was active like like most '90s kids were. Right? We luckily we grew up before. Um, cell phones were really that addictive so I grew up like every kid you know I played all, all types of sports um, neighborhood sports you know a lot of hiking I, I lived out in the hills uh, for a little bit so I, I would just go out and just hike way deep sometimes that was for a few years so that was nice but you know I I, I really centered in on football as my main sport but football also centered in on me on like breaking me down. I mean, six surgeries, um, both ACLs, both meniscus and both my shoulder labrums later at the end of college football. And, you know, obviously I spent a lot of time in not only physical therapy, but, you know, in hospitals, in surgery centers, in, uh, strength and conditioning centers, but under a different context, you know, when you're always working back from an injury, and always trying to develop to keep up with a very competitive division one football program. I mean, they're competitive now, shout out, I don't But <laughs> I, you know, I, I really just got a lot of exposure. And I was really lucky because like those injuries actually did serve me into what I do now, which, you know, I, I've worked, I've, I've been lucky to say I've worked with almost every population you can think of as far as like within athletic community and the ages and skill levels, uh, a lot of sports, both genders. Um, And as a personal trainer right now uh, for Equinox, I get to work with a a wide range of uh, age groups and, you know, goals. But like we were talking about before the podcast started, you know, I, I just love to see what these kind of basic similarities are between seeing and thinking about this wide variety of people I've uh, coached or interacted with over these, you know, 10 to 11 years. I mean, it's been really cool to see where the similarities and differences are. So yeah, it's been a fun ride. I love this job.
0: Yeah. I I, honestly, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. I I, honestly, I'm hoping to not really discuss training at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, we already did that before the show. Didn't record it. Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, we, we talked. Jack and I can
1: talk shop uh, kind of a lot. So we, we spared you guys that 40 minutes. And now we're going
0: we're gonna to talk about some real stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to, to hit on. You've worked with so many populations. And I think that's one of the things I really learned from you in like, our time together a few years ago was just being open to anyone that comes to you with a desire to get better. And I just kind of... How did you kind of, did you, Did you always, I feel like you probably always have had that mentality, but, you know, when did you realize that was something that was, you know, a big part of you and really um, attracts anyone to come to you and kind of get better?
1: You know, this idea of if somebody is requesting or asking or wanting either, you know, my time, if I have a skill set, um, you know sometimes just lending an ear for anything that serves other people and seems productive whenever that was asked of me, I just started to say yes, and admittedly so i i 'd say yes too often i 'd spread myself too thin and i 'd learn from that as far as like things wouldn 't necessarily go all the way down the hill, but you would learn about how this health and human performance field is so diverse in where you can spend your time and how you can share your value with people. I mean, we're seeing this right now in obvious times that like in the obvious context, like how diverse people are getting with showing their value and helping people, which is, is, it's amazing to see, but you know, I, I really like kind of came in with really open mind of, what did, I wanted to, what did I want to do with this field? Even going into my graduate uh, school program, it didn't have any sort of narrow approach on, I'm going to do this job immediately. It was, it was a master's degree in uh, sports psychology. So if I was going to be a sports psychologist, I still had more to go with that. So I think me just having some open curiosity helped populations and different approaches to training also end up um, being very diverse in itself and very open-minded. And now that I look at it, it just kind of became part of my day, kind of part of the flow. And yes, it had multiple companies and jobs, um, and now it's like isolated to one, but even that has a lot of diversity within my day.
0: Yeah, and I think to just, you know, I just want to go back to I, when we first kind of met up and everything, Beyond the openness, I also sensed and and saw, and this is something I lack, I think sometimes for myself, like you have a a really good ability to lock in and be present with the person you're with at that moment, almost to the point where, and this is not a a knock against you, but almost to the point where you're not even aware anything else is like going on around you in like a good way. You're so locked Mm -hmm. in on a client Um, and not just what they're doing within the session, but You know the interactions, the energy that's going on between you're so locked into that, and I I think that's something that in today's world, especially you you reference like the cell phones, for example, it is so hard for people to just remain present in a moment for even maybe three to five minutes at a time. And you you really showed an ability uh, to resist that temptation to grab a cell phone or to talk to a coworker while you were spending sixty minutes with someone that maybe you know in a lot of instances really needed that you know that positive interaction you were going to give them?
1: Well, first off, thank you for <laughs> noticing that. And, you know, it, it, it is something where I, I have a lot of self-talk that goes on and kind of always had it. And the self-talk has plenty of approaches to it. Sometimes it's, you know, self-criticism all the way up to self-compassion. But that self-talk with, with what you're referring to is, You'll see me at my most, both at like my highest level of what I can be mindful of and effective of. Like I can give you all of my energy on this. There are some days and there were some time periods that I pushed myself to that hundred percent. I always refer to it as that hundred percent where any, anything else that I would have added onto, and I would have started to very quickly start to Lower not only in my service, but in my own ability to stay mindful, and what I started to learn with that 100 percent was that my self-talk would be very much focused on what I'm about to do because what I was about to do was always going to feel different, because I would be driving to work with a team that was like a high school team, and then I come back and I may have five personal training clients in a row, so I, I could very easily leave that team and just be very tired and then just kind of coast through. And sometimes I felt like that. Uh, I'm definitely not perfect and staying very mindful, but I would notice that the self-talk that I had would always go back to, well, you made this decision. Um, you have this scheduled in and you are prepared for this. So think about the flow of who you're about to see and what that hour feels like already." And that's where my self-talk would start to go. And I would notice that even those hundred percent days would actually feel where I got into that flow state that some athletes talk about where it's almost like you're so calm, but you're so focused on one thing that you're performing at your highest, but your energy level is at its lowest expenditure for what you're requiring yourself to do. So, um, I don't know. I, I, you saw me at like that hundred percent when you first met me and now where that is, is not a, not even close as far as like overall quantity of work. So now it feels a lot easier to stay mindful because the the work is not nearly as robust and kind of frantic. You know, I feel like I had to get things frantic in order to somehow be mindful, but now that wasn't going to sustain itself. Now I need things to be more mindful in order to be mindful. I can't put myself back up to a frantic level because I know I, I can't handle that long-term.
0: Yeah. That's, I love what you're saying here. I've been thinking about this a lot for myself as well in terms of, uh, it's almost like periodization, like for yourself and just your own sanity. Like, there are certain points I know, like last week, for example, for me, like I had a project at work that was due, like a lot going on. I was pulling 12 hour days and it was fun. Like I loved it. Like everything was mm-hmm. everything was good. But, you know, this week again, kind of long. But in the next couple of weeks, I know it'll tone back down a little bit. And I can kind of quote unquote deload during that time period and everything like that. So I I don't know if that's a way you've thought about it, but it's almost like this is just like training. We're just undulating stressors up and down depending on what the needs are for that given time. And, and, um, you know, as long as you don't keep your foot on the gas pedal, like you just referenced for too long, you're going to be able to maintain uh, and probably get better out the other side during periods of higher stress, um, you know, as a coach, as a human being, all that sort of stuff.
1: I love that you said periodization of sanity. Um, (laughs) I'm going to try my best to keep That I'm gonna put that into some sort of conversation in the next like three days. I'm just gonna find a way to say like, yeah, your periodization sanity. That was beautiful.
0: It's probably it's probably a farce though, to be honest. So (laughs) (laughs)
1: farce, 1950s. You know, I but I love what you're saying because I I think we're understanding the fact and and somebody used this concept and I know this concept was it may have been in the book, don't quote me on this, but it's instead of using the word work-life balance, it's work-life flow. And it's that understanding that sometimes you have a lot of work. Sometimes you have a lot of life. Sometimes those things actually are balanced and flowed one to another. Um, but that doesn't mean that because you're working and you'd like to be living, if you have to dist- have a distinction between the two, just because you're working and you have, or you'd rather be living means that like suddenly your work isn't important or whoever is requesting that time or your work uh, deserves you to be in some ways disconnected. And it doesn't mean you have to be wildly enthusiastic or enjoy every moment of your work, but you did agree to work and you can also understand that like, like you're talking to yourself, like you have a couple weeks and then things seem like more of a deload and that's when life kind of comes into play and you have a little bit more flow with that. And it's, it sometimes feels like a negotiation because, you know, we can't expect ourselves to be overly enthusiastic and high energy towards every work, but we also don't have that towards every part of life either. So, you know, when, when we agree to work, I just find there to be like a certain responsibility to, to yourself to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to find enjoyment in this because i got into this field because i love it and this goes well across being a performance coach this goes for any occupation if you say you love it show me in some way
0: yeah um for your mindset with all this let's say you go through you know like uh you know like let's say you were going through that period of high stress a couple years ago and everything obviously they like some people might be predisposed to having a more positive or like rosy outlook on things, but I feel like you've really like we talked in, when was it? I want to say like February, I think down at Equinox. And uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, you just pulled out, like we were talking about some stuff and you pulled out a, a book with some, you know, some stuff you had written down. And like I was just blown away with your just level of awareness of what's going on, you know, just in your own head, in the world, all that stuff. And I feel like for a lot of people, that would just be so valuable. I know for myself it's something I've worked on. I'm very inconsistent at it, but I know I do better when I'm more consistent on it. So I just kind of wanted to you know dig through your mind on, on some of the things you're doing to be more mindful. Maybe it's just the the writing that you do or anything like that, any any tactics that you use for that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the writing the writing became a way for me to actually find some aspect of, I don't want to use the word artistic, and, and I'm going to explain the context around it, an artistic approach. Uh, because when you think about art, this is expression. This is expression of the mind. This is expression of uh, this, your your surroundings, your environment, your emotions, everything, your your life. And there's so many different, avenues and ways that you can express yourself that i consider that art you know and writing is absolutely an art and it does not only have to be in poetry it can just be in good honest reflection and your art also doesn't always have to be shared it can be toward yourself and you can actually feel like your emotional well-being or your environment or something is is has a little bit of more of a colorful aspect to it so I, I saw writing as like, let me just get something on paper and I have no intention of anybody else really reading this or, any, or me writing anything that I soon expect to be published or anything. I'm just writing overall thoughts and I'm memorializing them. And I think a lot of people um, that I've seen or have spoken with when we talked about writing have had some avenue of it. Um, I've gotten into voice recordings a lot because sometimes I'm not in a position. Like maybe I'm jogging or something, or I'm walking. <laughs> just and pull up on the I, side of the road. I don't <laughs> jog that often, but you know, I'll go on a walk and I, I just have a thought, and then I decide, like, well, let me just talk to myself a little bit, and you know, have have a recording. But I think that's really important for for us to have some sort of in a, in a very broad stroke. Uh, an artistic expression that feels reflective towards us. And it does not have to be very serious. It does not have to be um, traumatic. It doesn't have to be uh, deep in any way. It can just be something that's fun. I mean, I'm looking at my refrigerator right now, and we also have coloring books. We have coloring books of just random patterns. And sometimes my wife and I will just sit there and doodle or color the coloring books these things aren't pretty, but we're hanging them up on the fridge. Like we have children. (laughs) Uh, it's funny, but that's also something where it's like, to me, it's like an artistic expression that centers me. Like I'm doing just that. Like if I'm writing, then I should just be writing and the writing doesn't take very long. If I'm coloring, like maybe I'm doing something else. I'm listening to music or something, but it's something that's really very calming and somehow you start to pay attention to it more. Um, but I'd say, like that was something when when we talked. Uh, that's that's how it felt, at least. Was that I'm just letting some sort of artistic and honest expression out of me. It's just being recorded in a different way. Um, and I'd say the only other thing that is definitely becoming a much deeper practice. Actually, two things. But meditation is like it's something that we hear recommended all the time, but I've, I've, I've come to realize how many different ways that you can you can meditate. And it's so simplistic. And I, I think that's something that's important to have at least some sort of conscious action towards it, even if it's one minute. Something that lets you know, like, it's kind of like a ding in your head. Like, all right, let's do this. One minute. Bam. Um, but also some through that, I started to be okay with not being in the greatest emotional state or only thinking happy thoughts like you you mentioned like when you first met me, everything was very optimistic, and absolutely I still believe that I see amazing beauty in the world, but I think also one thing that having some sort of internal quiet time was that it helps you understand and be aware of where you're at like in that moment and it and it makes it completely okay, and I think from there I started to let that at least unpack a little bit. And I'm not saying that things, you know, go so deep and dark uh, or, you know, bright light. It's just simply like you're aware of like your state, your condition, your thoughts, your emotional feeling, uh, even inside of the sensory uh, nervous system when these thoughts come about. And I found that to be kind of fun to take more time in. We got, I, I got more time right now. I know you don't have much more time, uh, I did I though. A little bit more time, so <laughs> yeah, I did though. I, I'm taking that. I, I'm taking that as like a good sign of just being able to like well, let me unpack that for a little bit.
0: Yeah, are people good at this? Do you think you're again? You, I think you and I we've we've been around a ton of people throughout our careers, a ton of a ton yeah. of different people in different areas of the country, different backgrounds, everything. Are are people good at this?
1: As far as um, what specifically?
0: Just. Uh, taking time to reflect, assess, uh, gain understanding of who they are and where they are as a person. Um, and I know this is a very general question, but yeah. I'm just curious.
1: I, I think that two things, let me try to simplify this. I think people are much better at it than they think. However, they either do not record it it's not conscious or they don't memorialize it in some way. And on the second hand, I believe that people may find that if some, if any of this work is inconvenient or if it's not only positive, then they might not want to spend as much time in it. And I think I honestly think people are very reflective and people are very mindful when the right stimulus is there or their emotional state is in a better situation. Like when you see enthusiasm in people, like you, there is, you are the most present you can be. If somebody is enthusiastic at work, at like anywhere you see, they are as present as you could possibly be. And that may seem like it's only possible, like happy emotions, but sometimes people are just very focused and very, very mindful of that. So I really do believe that people are better at this, but I just don't think, I don't think people give themselves enough credit, to be honest with you.
0: That's very interesting. I really like what you said on, in terms of like memorializing stuff and all that, because I think I've always been very reflective. But at the same time, it's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot, like over the last 10 years of my life, um, and it's like, I, have always known myself very well, but I don't think I've like really like organized a thought process to help myself either delve deeper or unlock more potential that was there, stuff like that, which it's just very interesting. Cause I never took the time to kind of record or log any of this information. It's more just snippets of thoughtfulness throughout the day that never gets, a, um, I don't know, truly acknowledged by my conscious self. You know, I don't know if that's like way out there or not, but (laughs) I, you know, I, I I
1: can, this sounds familiar and I can, I can very much relate to this. And I, I think even to the present day, um, it becomes very difficult because sometimes, I mean, sometimes practically speaking, like you can have a great thought and you're driving in the car and you're not texting. Or something like that so it could be as simple as like you're not recording it simply because you're not in the right uh environment to do it uh or you're at work and like something deep happens but you're also like you're working so you got to kind of like uh stay focused on that or stay uh on the task so um you know i gotta say i i struggle with it still to this day as far as like the consistency of it um the ritual of it gets very much affected. And it once it's framed in the in the camp of self-care regeneration. And once once people start to feel the difference or the overall outcome it can have when it's done repeatedly, I feel like people start to find their niche and, and they go with that. Uh, but I gotta say it's it's tough for everybody because Um, you know, we, we have a lot of things that tangibly we have to do. And sometimes it seems like it's almost selfish to dedicate time that you're not going to give to others in order to give to yourself. Uh, I know I have this, um, type of thought process and a behavior pattern. And I, I'm very confident in knowing that millions of people have this as well. They see self care that's done on a daily basis that does not involve or benefit other people as being very selfish and not productive for others. Like if they have to take care of people or if they just have friends, but they also don't realize in the long run, they're a better person for that. And they're gonna be better to the people that they serve, either as personal friends or something professionally. So uh, I'm starting to see the value in it and you're seeing a very infancy stage of any sort of consistency consistency
0: yeah i i feel the same way for myself I, i've really the last like few months especially i feel like i've just done a much better job of it and and on weeks where i'm very consistent at it it's very rewarding like it, the gratitude and just you mentioned enthusiasm like all those things are working at such a high level when you take the time to like piece through some information um you know be aware of your surroundings i know um we haven't talked about this much but I've been trying to be very mindful about being grateful for stuff. Like, obviously this hasn't been the easiest year for anyone really. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I, it's gotten to the point now, at the beginning it was a bit of a struggle, but it's, I, get up, I get up in the morning and I think, what are three things I'm grateful for? One personal goal, one professional goal, and like what's the overall like mission of my life right now? And just thinking about those three things that I'm grateful for, it's gotten to the point now where I'm like, shit, I have a car and I'm in a civilized country where I'm driving to work in my car. Like, and yeah. you know, meanwhile, like, you know, there are other parts of the world where, you know, they're lucky if they get like a bowl of soup at the end of the day, you know, like it's really remarkable, like the amount of prosperity we have here, despite the fact that it's been tough this year. And I, and you know, it's all relative. Like I'm sure many people have had it much worse than you or I, for example, this year, but mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't been easy, and yet I still feel like I feel more grateful this year than I ever have before. Just because I've been tried to be mindful of the things that I have, you know, and um, you know, I don't. I know this isn't a question; that's just more of a conversation. But like, I just it's it's really remarkable. Like, it makes me very like happy and like psyched to know that like I can have that kind of impact on my own life just by thoughts, you know.
1: And it's so. Funny. I don't use the word like inspiring much or motivational, but it is motivational when you feel uh, anybody in your life uh, actually go like speaking about like a personal journey that like you can't see, like you can't tangibly see the things that we're talking about and that people go through or that people practice regularly. Um, or may practice ritualistically, which may not be as consistent, but uh, you can see it in the person physically like you may not physically see the actions or the things that they went through or the thoughts that they had that they had to go through, or you know the the simple practices that over time can really give you that amount of clarity that you're t- talking about you know you can really see it in people when that's achieved or in that or if that's in a really optimal state and it's just beautiful to see I mean that's when you see health. that's when you see performance if you're looking for that but when you see a healthy body you see a body that has some sort of emotional mental clarity and it comes from them you know they yes you have support and we have great systems and social circles that help us with this but when you get that type of response from people it's so beautiful to see I mean any person across the board I just love seeing that amount of presence that people will have you can just note it immediately
0: yeah it's it's really awesome to like again I've seen it in some people I've seen it in you and I honestly feel like for the last few years up until this year I'd never really felt it like that potently for this extended period of time and it's really cool because people do notice it. Like I had people come up and like, man, I really like your energy. And I'm like, I know I do too. Like, this is great. <laughs> so, so, But um, I, I know one thing that really helped me. I read the happiness advantage. I don't know if you ever read that. Um, I think it, I think it came out a few years ago by uh, Sean Accor, I think it is. It just goes into the science of being happy um, and, and just ways to do it. And what, you know, not a lot stuck with me from the book, to be honest, I'd have to like go back and look at my notes from it to like really remember some of the stuff. But the one thing that really stuck with me was his definition of happiness, which is, you know, human flourishing or the pursuit of one's potential. And I was like, shit, I've been doing that my whole career in a lot of ways, like just pursuing my potential and doing that. And that really made me think like, oh, I've, you know, as tough as some of these years have been, like it's been really cool. Like, and I'm still doing it. I'm still growing, still pursuing my potential in a lot of ways. And I feel like, um, it's really special when you meet someone like that too, because I don't know, may, maybe it's me being wrong about this, but I feel like it is rare sometimes, not rare, but it's uncommon to see people that are truly going to be willing to put themselves in uncomfortable situations to pursue their potential rather than take maybe an easier road that gives them a little bit more immediate comfort, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, happiness is is that state of being right it's not that and how many different iterations have we heard about happiness is in the journey journey not in the destination it's like yes we can call out the cliche of that but yes we should also call out the truth in that life liberty and the pursuit of happiness i mean happiness is an, an action and it's also a state of being so you're mentioning like some of those things from your past years and all that and like I, I've seen you periodically after, after we worked together, I saw you periodically and talked to you periodically. And there was many times where like, where your happiness was obvious or your happiness or like not being in a state of happiness was also obvious. And it wasn't also with like the best gig or the best pay or the most control like or everything professionally and personally going like, perfectly you know it, it's just a state of being sometimes and even sometimes the most challenging of times are the times that you may feel like you're pushed to your edge might actually be some of your happiest times so it's so interesting when you when you feel that type of change of like what you're expecting from when when people because everybody wants to be happy everybody wants to be happy I mean nobody wants to be the opposite of happy. If it's sad or 100%. however you want it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants that. So like, if you, if you want to be happy, it's like, it is a state of being and it is a conscious choice. Like I spoke about like a couple weeks ago when we set this up, it's like that is a lot more of a conscious choice than we're allowed to believe, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I can't help but think too, you know, uh, there has to be a lot of self searching in what motivates someone. Right. Um, and I feel like kind of the way our society is set up in a lot of ways is, you know, you go to college, you get a job and then you just work your way up the ladder and make money and provide for your family and everything will be good. And while I don't think that's a bad thing, and I think for some people it's probably exactly what they want and they're probably happy with it. I know there's a lot of other people that probably have a different idea of what would make them happy. And yet I feel like a lot of them, and when I talk, cause I, I've talked to a lot of young coaches recently, a lot of them are, are battling the combination of I want to do what's easy now and will pay me the most or I want to go really pursue what I'm after and and for me I think I was fighting that battle in a lot of ways early on in my career and I made some choices now that I might not have made otherwise because I I was looking for the easy route or something like that but at the same time I don't regret it so much because I had the I don't want to say not bravery i just had the, the idiocy to just keep going and change and 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 try other things and really continue to hone in exactly on what i wanted and, and i know for a lot of people they they have an awareness that there's more out there that they want but they don't have clarity on it and they just i don't know i just feel like they just have to go for it man even if it's, it doesn't end up being exactly what they want they just have to go for it you know
1: yeah you know th- this idea of like when we try to gauge how motivated people are, like in our field, like how motivated our clients are and things like that, like sometimes just simply taking the action or being overly curious and maybe you overreach or you overstep or you just step in the wrong direction. Um, Like what's the worst that can happen has to be a question if you're really um motivated. And that sounds reckless to like tell to a young coach and things like that. I understand that. But you know, sometimes when you get an opportunity, it's like what's the worst that can happen of me pursuing it, me being curious of it. And like so we talk about motivation, but then we also talk about like intelligence. And people want to be like special like very intelligent and there's so much information all all over the place. I feel like people like professionally, and I'm only talking like professionally in this case, like if you don't seek out other things that like either are in direct opposition of what you believe is true or in direct opposition of what you're special specializing in, or really what you're not even that interested in. You told yourself you're just not good at and you don't like, if you don't seek out some aspect of those things professionally, then I I just don't see you being very happy in in the long run anyways. And you're really not going to find your full potential because, you're not even curious about the things that you think you're shitty at. And maybe you are shitty at it. And maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe you actually don't like it. Great. Try it out. It's like it's like your veggies when you're a kid, you know? Like you don't like it. You don't you don't want to try it. Oh, it smells bad. This is a new one. You know, you just negotiate with yourself. Just try it. And, you know, look at yourself. Like a 30 year old just eating veggies. You eat two different <laughs> types of veggies in a meal. Like, look Love at that. It. You're grown up. Like this is the same thing within being professionals. Like sometimes like you don't like it. Okay. Still, still dabble in it just because you don't like it, it actually supports even more why you should be more curious about it.
0: So I'm super curious. Let's just shift this back over to you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how much has your idea of what you want in life changed over the last 10 years or so?
1: I think when, when we go through the, the, what do we want in life? Um, I think we all have like some sort of category that, like you know, we talk about where we want to live, what we want to do, the type of family structure that we have, the household that we have, things like that. And you know, I, I think that has very much shifted. Actually, that has shifted the most, more than anything, as far as like my idea of these sort of like attributes or checking off the box of certain things has, especially over the ten last ten years, has altered itself in so many different ways, not only in my own life, but in lives that, you know, you're closely connected with, um, and even not even closely connected with that. I see life now as honestly something that should be zoomed out from those check marks or those milestones um, that are very important. They, they, they don't go away. The reason why it's shifted so much is that, you know, life, can be long if you let it if you let i know everybody says life is short but life can be long and there's a lot of days in between those milestones that you check off as being like the things that you want in life i want a big house i want the best job i want to work even something a little bit like less superficial you even have more depth there's so many days in between those things that can be accomplished that if you only look forward to those then I feel like life actually does feel fast. And I feel like the faster life goes, you know, sometimes people get a little disappointed because they're only looking for those things that may not ever turn out the way you wanted it to or don't turn out or aren't even important. So I think that's shifted so much. I mean, just like judging every day by what it is. And yeah, I want to live certain ways and accomplish certain things. And of course, I have goals. But the importance of those things have just started to decrease a lot
0: that's my categories. (laughs) She's standing guard. I like it. She doesn't trust me yet. Um, (laughs) um, uh, No, that's, that's awesome, man. And I don't know if you're willing to go into it a little bit more, but like any particulars in your, in your goals, have they, have they shift? Like, I don't know what you wanted to do, like concretely coming out of school. Um, You know, has it, has that changed And what were maybe some reasons why something did change in terms of like specific goals?
1: i think during um, during college it professionally it changed a lot, and you know being in the in the type of degree approach like kinesiology you you end up taking a lot of, a lot of the sciences and maths, but your electives can go in a lot of different ways so I think during college i I had a lot of shifts in where I wanted to continue my education on and if I wanted to be more generalized or uh, specific on like what route, like, so options were like in athletic training, physical therapy, uh, surgery. I wanted to be an anesthesiologist or an orthopedic surgeon. So I, I think during that college time, I was really curious and I didn't know, like, am I supposed to find a niche or is this field actually diverse as Mm -hmm. I see it as and can it be lucrative also? Cause that was (laughs) obviously a thought process because it can you can easily go sideways as far as um, what actually is like a sustainable career or something like that. Oh, I'm dark. But I I'd say over the past like six years, so if we go past college and after grad school and things, um, I started to realize that you can, you can have a lot more of an end to the, the professional title that you carry on, uh, then an, or, so I know that like this can get misconstrued. Anybody listening to this can think that I'm saying like, you can be, you can do the surgery and re you know, lead them through rehabilitation. I mean that there's a lot of skill sets and there's a lot of education that can give you a touch point into like, you have awareness of it. Maybe you can apply it a little bit. And I think that started to create like an and of like what we do so then the title and the things that i wanted as far as like i want to be strength conditioning coach for justice company or justice team or something like that that definitely broadened out i started to realize that those don't carry as much importance as much as how am i utilizing the education that i'm choosing is it actually being utilized and do i enjoy how my day is set up am i being challenged enough do i have diversity um, I absolutely want diversity, and I think that was something that was very important to me. I didn't know if I wanted to be special specialized in one population, one avenue of training, but the diversity in my day, or at least who I'm seeing, that became increasingly important to me.
0: That's awesome. I didn't want to burn out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, No, that's 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 really awesome, man. I I feel like. Um you know, in a, in a different way for me, I've always kind of had like more of a specific goal that I've, that I've wanted. But in the mm-hmm. meantime, I've, I've done so many different things. It's given me a lot more perspective and I'm honestly like, okay, if things don't completely turn out the way I want them to, you know, um, no. because I've, I've learned that I like other things and other things would be just as good, you know? Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just very interesting. Like the juxtaposition, like you've just been I, very steady all the time with it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead.
1: No, I, uh, it's funny too, because I had like, if I had any one that was like, this is the job out of college, it was to be a performance coach for Exos. That was always like, that's the end goal. And it, I did actually have um, an opportunity to do that um, some years ago. And I remember being in a space where I was like, I'm actually happy with what my day looks like and how I'm spending it and the diversity that I have. So I remember not um, not wanting to entertain that, Move. and I think that really helped me understand that you know it wasn't the specific goal that wasn't the specific goal I have a specific goal but um I felt like I was actually already doing it in a case and I knew that that would change in time and you know knowing your like your trajectory and the undulation that you've taken in your career since I've known you I mean I've known you as always having this specific goal and being very determined on it but like you're highly intelligent to what I use as a context where you have sought out so many different ways to live out that, that specific goal. Because I actually see you as having lived that out all this time. And I think it's so cool that you have let yourself be more open-minded and how does that look? Uh, because now it seems like it's, it's very much on the right trajectory of the specific goal. It just took a lot. Yeah, it was
0: a it was a it was a Matthew McConaughey failure to launch situation. But we got there, baby. It happened.
1: <laughs> failure to launch. Yeah. I should just watch that movie. Terry Bradshaw Naked. Is that the, is that uh, the movie? I
0: forget yes, that he is in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I might need to pop that on tonight.
1: Chick <laughs> so chick flicked in the yeah. night on, a, <laughs> yeah. on a Thursday. Yeah.
0: Just me and myself watching uh, failure to launch. Yeah. That's perfect. At least you have a wife. That that gives you a good excuse. <laughs> Um last question for me though. Um yeah. you talk a lot about living well, I know. And I just wanted to know like what that means to you. This might be a quick one, I don't know, but um you know, you're always you're always kind of talking about that. I feel like you have a very holistic sense of what it takes to be a functioning individual that's healthy, happy and and giving attention to the right areas in his life. So uh what does what does that mean for you? I think
1: about I think about like deep health within like, you know, not only the mental capacities that you have, uh, the physical capacities you have, but, you know, living well would be that you have some sort of conscious awareness of your purpose, your meaning, and what the purpose you want out of life. I think that's something that's very important. Um, But also like, like we were talking about, as far as like having some sort of emotional Clarity not only within yourself but within your environment, um, having a healthy relationship with your environment, your your social structures. I think involving all those things without the expectation that those are perfect. I believe that that is well. So if you have some sort of conscious understanding that my physical, my emotional, my mental, my relationship with my environment and my social structures. Um, I'm aware of them and I'm happy with where they're at, even though they're, they're, they may never all be at the optimal state. I feel like that really is living well, because if you continue to pursue the perfection and all that, I think that drives um, the opposite of being well. You got to have some sort of contentment and enjoyment with where you're at right now, no matter the changes that need to be made. I, I know that that was a lot longer of an answer than you probably
0: expected. No, no, it's, a, you're, seemed like you're, you're always, you're no, you're always, you're always spot on with this stuff, man, which is why I wanted to get you on. Like, seriously, um, you know, I look up to you in a lot of ways and I think a lot of how I, how I am now in terms of mentally is just due to me kind of slowly realizing that you have some stuff figured out that the rest of us don't. So, <laughs> um, um, uh, I truly appreciate that, man.
1: Hey, I got I gotta say, man, you, you I refer to some people, and I, I do this quietly uh, just to myself, but I refer to some people as anchors um, in a really good way. Like when people anchor me, I, I feel like that further centers me. And I got to say, you've always been somebody that has anchored me since I've met you, and you have a very positive energy and a very genuine enthusiasm for just being. Um, we've seen each other, not only in a professional setting, but I'd say our relationship is a lot more personal, if not fully personal. And I really appreciate you saying that, but you got to know, man, you've been, you've been an absolute anchor and I I love the enthusiasm you have for life. So thank you for having me on too, man.
0: Of course. Of course. No, thank you. Thank you. I guess we could keep going and complimenting each other all night or we could just (laughs) wrap it up. So, um, uh, Brendan, thanks a lot. Is there any, um, social media or anything where the people could find you if that's something you want to share? Uh, any projects, uh, yeah, you can, whatever. um,
1: you, you can see me on Instagram. I mean, I, um, I can spell it out, I guess, uh, at B R E N A N underscore G H A S S E M I E H. Um, yeah, that's really the only social media I have, but uh, anybody that wants to interact, I, I love to just chat with people. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, and anybody that uh, listen, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Brendan. Truly appreciate it, man. Awesome, man. Talk to you soon. Yep.